Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Hello, friend. Thank you for joining me, Pastor Visser, for our look once again at another parable of Yahshua Messiah. And this time we're going to be taking a look at the parable of the pearl. Indeed, this is also found in Matthew chapter 13, much like many of Yahshua's parables. And in Matthew, it's a straightforward accounting. Yahshua comes out and he gives this parable. However, he does not provide an explanation of this particular parable, the parable of the pearl, except in Thomas Gnostic Gospel. And we'll be looking at that this particular evening as well as we take a look at the parable of the pearl. But I did want to let you know that there have been several times throughout my ministerial career where I've come dangerously close to being silenced. And mostly due to economics, because after all, there is not much profit to be made within preaching the truth of God's word. The only condition that I personally have ever had for CPM was that it would continue to grow. And as long as I see growth, I'll continue to preach. And so, with that mindset, we always pay our website years in advance. And it is no different this time. However, due to unforeseen circumstances, and most likely the holiday, I took a dip. And, as it was, I felt a need to at least explain to the flock that there may be a period of not releasing sermons from this particular pulpit. That isn't to say I wouldn't preach, because we continue to preach, and then when we get back online, we usually release them all retroactively. But to make a long story short, after I had made the announcement on the Covenant People's Forums that there would be no further releases coming, that very afternoon I went to the Covenant People's Post Office box, and lo and behold was the exact amount that we required to maintain. And so what's the moral of the story? We're going to get to that. Because tonight's particular lecture is going to be looking at gems and gemstones. We're going to be looking at pearls, and we're going to be looking also at rubies. Because after all, we know in Proverbs chapter 31, beginning in verse 10, we, as the faithful, are asked... Whoso can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies. And it is ironic that a majority of us male preachers take that and run with it and say, well, there you go. That proves that out of a thousand women, there's one with virtue. And I'm not disputing those numbers. 
Even Proverbs chapter 31 verses 10 through 31 say that a virtuous woman's price is far above rubies, that she's rare like a ruby and as valuable as a ruby. But in short, what I'm trying to say is we like to take that and say that only pertains to women and delude ourselves into thinking that all men have virtue. And I've learned over the years that nine times out of ten, when a particular individual tells you they're going to do something, they never do. I have heard countless times, I will write a check, I'll make a forum post, and these things never happen. So the moral of my short story before we take a look at Yahshua's parable is this, that I need to learn to have more faith within Yahweh's people, understanding that there are men and women both who have virtue, whose word means something, who put their quote-unquote money where their mouth is and actually make a difference. So when I found that specific amount that was required, I was overcome with emotion because I myself felt convicted. Over the years, we develop a shell and we like to think, well, a majority of people just talk. But there are, just like virtuous women, virtuous men and virtuous families and virtuous children. So never discount that. And also remember, as we continue on, that a ruby is a gemstone. It is a precious gem, just like a pearl, correct? And so the Bible attributes, more specifically, King Lemuel's mother in Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31, a virtuous woman's value being far above the ruby. Now turn with me, if you will, back to Matthew chapter 13. And I say back to Matthew chapter 13, because it's here in this chapter of St. Matthew, where we find at least seven specific parables. For example, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost sheep, and the parable of the tares and the wheat, which I preached exactly a week ago. If you were with me, you'll know that towards the conclusion of that lecture, I did say that I might be going down, but that, as of now, is not the case. So praise Yahweh, and praise the supporters that you've heard me mention numerous times before these particular broadcasts. But it is here in St. Matthew chapter 13 where Yahshua gives many parables. And one of the most important things that is mentioned here in chapter 13 is Yahshua gives his reasons for speaking in parables. And it might not be what you suspect. Because modern Christendom will come in and say, well, Christ taught in parables because it's up to you to figure it out. And that's only partially correct. Christ taught in parables so that the elect could figure these riddles and or metaphors out, but also so that those who were not his sheep, like the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees, could not understand Yahshua. Remember, Yahshua said, My sheep hear my voice and they will follow. Correct? So it does not matter how many times we try to explain these parables. Like the parable of the tares and the wheat, where Yahshua says that there are a literal seed line of the devil on earth. They, that is, those that are not chosen and called of Yahweh God, will never understand that. So this particular parable of the pearl is for you, not for the masses. And you should not be surprised with that. Because it was Yahshua who said he came only 
for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So here in chapter 13 of Matthew, beginning at verse 10, the disciples come and they ask Yahshua, why do you speak in parables? And he explains, I speak to them in parables because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. So let me digress right here and understand that there are men and women who can see, and there are men and women who can hear but not understand. Wisdom being the principal thing, correct? (laughs) Bear with me because this will all make sense. Because Yahshua says, right here, does he not? Therefore I speak to them because they hear, but they hear not. And they see, but they see not. So please understand this concept. There are even men and women who will come in and profess to understand. They may even outwardly appear to see and hear and share in this message, but they truly do not understand. And this brings me to my first point in this lecture. When dealing with a virtuous woman, beware of the virtuous woman who can hide behind a false set of virtue because she's smarter than you. Do you understand what I'm saying? A woman is smart enough to come in and pretend to be virtuous. Just like they can pretend to hear and they can pretend to see, but in reality, they are not virtuous. And in reality, they do not hear and they do not see. So let me establish that coming out the gate. There is a false sense of piety and a false sense of virtuosity where men and women delude themselves into thinking they have virtue, but yet all along and on the side, well, they're all a part of the world, are they not? And so it is here in St. Matthew where Yahshua gives his parable of the sower and explains his parable of the sower. And that's going to tie perfectly in to what we're covering today. He also gives his parable of the tares and the wheat, and we covered that last week, where Yahshua says, there are a literal seed line of Yahweh on earth and a literal seed line of Satan, the adversary, correct? An enemy hath done this, according to the parable. But he also gives a third mystery here in St. Matthew, and it's considered the parable of the mustard seed, which is why I began in the manner that I did tonight. Because this is one where I lack, dear kinsfolk. Yahshua says if we have the faith of a mustard seed or a grain of mustard seed, we'd be able to move mountains. And I've said in times past that I will always love Yahweh, God, but never for the life of me understand His people. But perhaps this year, in 2016, we could really begin to hold each other accountable and really begin to rely on one another. Understand what I'm saying? Every other race has racial solidarity, except for us. And when horrible things happen, we usually scatter. It was no different in the life of Yahshua. After all, when the shepherd was smitten, all the sheep scattered, did they not? And we expect this in life. Most assuredly, we pastors do. So much so that when a man keeps his word, it is a rare thing, far above rubies. So, the parable of the mustard seed is given. He also gives the parable of the leaven, and I want to read that very quickly. Even though I'm going to bring forth an in-depth study on this parable alone, understand, he says, another parable spake he unto them. This is Matthew reiterating and transcribing the words of our beloved kinsman Victor. And what does Joshua say? The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal 
till the whole was leavened. Understand the analogy, almost every single parable that Yahshua Messiah brought forth, he would begin it by saying, the kingdom of Yahweh God is likened unto this. In this instance, a woman, first and foremost, my, how Christian identists will not like you to hear that. Secondly, leaven that that woman took. And what does she do with it? She hides it into three measures of meal. Meaning, the kingdom of heaven should expand. It should be little at first, like a ministry, and continue to grow. And that is why my only prerequisite for Covenant People's ministry is that we have a continual growth pattern. It's not about money. I know I'll never make that. But as long as Yahweh uses the ministry, I'll continue to preach. And if that be, understand the parable of the leaven. Men will come in and tell you leaven's bad, but in this context, is it? CI preachers will come in and tell you women are bad, but in this context, is it? Now, this should be common sense, but this is an overlooked mystery of Yahweh, the fourth mystery given here in the 13th chapter of St. Matthew. So remember, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, meaning that the kingdom should grow. If it becomes dormant, if it does not ferment and become bigger like a loaf of bread or fine wine, it's time to cash in your chips and walk. Now, in chapter 13, Yahshua does explain his parable of the tares and the wheat. And if you were with me last Wednesday, you'll know that I said there is no room for private interpretation here. When Yahshua explains a parable, you better bank your salvation on the words of Jesus Christ. Because man will come in and they'll say, oh, that's just spiritually the children of the devil. But is that what Christ taught? Of course not. And still, Yahshua gives his parable of the hidden treasure. And here, beginning in verse 45 of St. Matthew chapter 13, we are going to read the sixth mystery. And that is the parable of the pearl of great price. And like all parables, you will see, that it aligns with the rest, meaning that Yahweh's going to come in in flesh form, Yahshua, and tell you, this is what the kingdom is like. The kingdom is like a man who had two sons. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field in the parable of the tares and the wheat. And here in verse 45, Yahshua says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And there it is, the entire parable of the pearl of great price. And two verses. And what can we learn? Well, let's dissect this. Thomas, in short, will give the explanation. But remember, as we progress, Yahshua did explain several of these keys. And we'll get to those momentarily. First and foremost, the kingdom of heaven is like unto. Stopping right there. This is an allegory, and what Yahshua is doing is equating the kingdom of heaven to this, like all of his parables are. So this is very important, because this is what the kingdom of heaven is supposed to be like. Yahshua taught us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, correct? So the Christian mindset is to want God's law enforced on earth. To want the kingdom of heaven in its initial state, as it was in Eden. 
So let's continue. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. What can we deduct from this? Well, we know that a merchant man is somebody who will buy low and sell high. Meaning, a merchant is in it for profit. Correct? A merchant desires to buy, sell, and trade, but always be able to sustain himself. And this particular merchant in the parable is seeking goodly pearls. Plural. Meaning more than one. Meaning more than ten. And in the case of the virtuous woman, according to Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31, her price is far above rubies. Plural. What's the significance of this? A virtuous woman is more valuable than one ruby, but far above rubies, or all rubies. And thus it stands for a virtuous man. We can also deduct here, if the kingdom of heaven is equated to a merchant, then all merchants are not bad. Some of them are, but the kingdom of heaven is equated to this, just like leaven. And leaven is not all bad. In fact, it is a purifier. And perhaps I'll preach on that in the future. But this particular merchant was seeking many pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. A singular pearl. This is what the kingdom of heaven is equated to. Men who are seeking much growth, but yet only this is a value. Singular, not plural. Me as a preacher, for example, I desire to have a 100,000 people convert overnight and support my ministry. Will it happen? Of course not. Because the biblical numbers are given. We know this going into it. And that is why I am focusing so much time on teaching these parables. This right here, the parable of the pearl, is the 18th New Testament prophecy to be given in the entire book of Matthew. So, 18 prophecies between chapter 1 and chapter 13. And it is unfulfilled because it is still being fulfilled. When the establishment of Yahweh's kingdom finally is ushered in, on earth as it is in heaven, in short, I mean the great and terrible day of Yahweh, then this parable will be fully fulfilled. Also, remember that we have here a mention of the ecclesia, or the church body, the kingdom or the realm of profession. In short, what I do is basically sell Christ to people. Although I don't charge a price, but my point is, is I am a merchant because I am a pastor. The kingdom of heaven is equated to a merchant, or a father, right, or a mother. These are important facts, because most people have an unrealistic idea of what heaven is. Usually when you ask them, where is the kingdom? They will say, well, it's out there, somewhere in the sky, it's floating in outer space. But time and time again, we are told that the kingdom is wherever Yahweh dwells. And we should want him as our king and him to take hold of his dominion, which is what a kingdom means in the Greek. Hebrew and Aramaic, for that matter. But the man, the seeking, the finding, the purchase price, all of these things are the same in the previous parables. Notice, almost every time Yahshua gives a parable, it is a hundred minus one. Or it's two sons minus one. It's usually a whole number minus one. But not so in the parable of the pearl of great price. 
The kingdom is equated to a merchant who desires much increase. Why? Because he's seeking goodly pearls, costly pearls, pearls that he can turn around, sell, and make a profit on. But when he finds one pearl of great price, he goes and he sells every single thing he possesses, and he goes after that one pearl. Wisdom being the chiefest of all. And we're going to get to that momentarily, but understand Solomon said, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is equated to a pearl, and I'm going to prove that very shortly, a pearl of great price in that regard. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. Wisdom is equated to a pearl, and I'm going to prove that very shortly, a pearl of great price in that regard. But what do you do when you obtain that pearl, that ruby? So, do you understand why I took you to the virtuous woman? You can do one of two things. You can overlook it, or you can sell all you have to obtain it. Right here I want to digress, because there was a time in Yahshua's ministry where there were many men and women who came in to the temple of Jerusalem. And they would put in grand ties, if you will, to paraphrase. They would write a check for the grandest amount, and they would make a grand spectacle, a blowing of the horn, so they could throw that bit of money within that box, calling it Corbon. But then along came a widow, and that widow threw in two mites. You may know this story, because two mites would be the equivalent of actually less than two pennies today. And Yahshua had respect unto that woman's offering. Not to the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the rich men who came in and said, hey, I gave this amount, but to the woman who gave, quote, unquote, all she had. Just like the merchant in the parable of the pearl of great price, correct? He sold all he had and went and obtained that one singular pearl. He didn't say, well, I was looking for a bunch of pearls. I didn't find them. Therefore, this one pearl's not good enough. Why? Because that's not the way the kingdom of heaven works. Truth is either self-evident and seen by those who have eyes to see and heard by those who have ears to hear, or it is rejected. This is the parable of the pearl of great price. And it ties into the parable of the tares and the wheat, the lost coin, the lost sheep, because after all, at the very beginning of chapter 13, it is Yahshua Messiah who rebukes the Pharisees 
and gives these parables in reference to them. The Pharisees, of course, will never understand this parable of the pearl. Or we could just say, the pearl of great price. Now, we could take this parable to mean anything, and we could attribute it to any facet of our Christian walk. But if you heard me at the very beginning, you may have noticed that I said Thomas provides the answer to this very parable of the pearls. Now, the gospel according to Thomas will not be in your canonized King James Version of the Bible. I'm sure you know that it is considered Gnostic. But I feel we should visit this text this evening because it will shed more light on the parable of the pearl of great price. And that is found in the 76th statement according to Thomas. And all of these statements are the words of Yahshua. And for the life of me, I really do not understand why the gospel according to St. Thomas was not canonized. Because I really find hardly any issue with it when it comes down to it. It's not like the book of infancy. It's not like some of these texts that are really far out there. Almost everything that Thomas attributes in his gospel is confirmable within the word of God. And in many instances, like here in Luke chapter 13, where a parable is given only one time and one time alone, Thomas, and Thomas alone, provides a valuable second witness. So the parable of the pearl, according to the Gospel of Thomas, begins in the 76th statement. It reads as such. Jesus said, The kingdom of the Father is like a man, a merchant, who possessed merchandise and found a pearl. That merchant was prudent. He sold the merchandise. He bought the one pearl for himself. Do you also seek for the treasure which fails not, which endures there where no moth comes near to devour and where no worm destroys? So please forgive my reading of that. If you're familiar with the gospel according to Thomas, you know that there's many fragments that are pieced together and it's actually written in brackets. So it's somewhat hard to decipher if you don't have the good groundwork of the four Gospels. But notice the similarities first and foremost. In Matthew, Yahshua says the kingdom of Yahweh or the kingdom of heaven is like this. Here, just like in the parable of the tares and wheat, Thomas says the kingdom of the Father. Same exact analogy. And the kingdom of the Father is like a man, a merchant who possessed merchandise. Notice Thomas adds a little bit. As short as it is in Matthew chapter 13, notice how much more expansive it is in the gospel according to Thomas. The sixth mystery. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. That's Matthew chapter 13 verse 45. However, the 76th statement of Thomas goes... The kingdom of the Father is like a man, a merchant who possessed merchandise, found a pearl. That merchant was prudent, and he sold the merchandise, and he bought the one pearl for himself. In St. Matthew chapter 13, verse 46, the second part of the parable, the pearl of great price is, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, at first glance, it may look like they're pretty much saying the same exact thing. But notice that Thomas has a few additions. 
The kingdom of the Father, or the kingdom of heaven, is just like this merchant. But notice, in Thomas' take, the merchant possessed merchandise. In Matthew's take, it should be common sense, because he was a merchant. But Thomas really wants you to understand that he possessed much merchandise. Had a storefront, if you will. And when he found that pearl, that same merchant was prudent. That's not mentioned in Matthew chapter 13. Because the merchant was prudent, he does this. Now, to your humanistic ideal, a man's going to come in and say, that doesn't make sense. Why would anybody sell everything they possess for one pearl of great price? Because after all, a pearl is not going to exceed every bit of a man's substance, correct? That is because the reasoning of man is different than Yahweh God. A man who is prudent, more specifically, a merchant who possesses merchandise, will sell all of his merchandise to buy the one pearl for himself. Now pay close attention. Yahshua says, Do you also seek for the treasure which fails not, which endures there, where no moth comes near to devour, and where no worm destroys? So what is the analogy of the pearl of great price? Several points. But first and foremost, a pearl is long-standing. It is a gemstone. Most pearls, meaning diamonds, rubies, etc., will exist long after you and I are dead. And that is the analogy of this pearl. But pearls don't last forever. Remember that. What we're looking at here is a man who understands everything I have is corruptible. However, this one pearl is not. Because it was fashioned in the mouth of a clam for how many centuries? How many hundreds of years? This will last, this will not. Christ is explaining the parable of the pearl. Everything you possess, every virtuous woman you think you've had will eventually leave you. Your children will grow up and move on and leave you ultimately alone. That is the process of life. We are born, we live, and then we eventually die. But what we are to seek after is non-perishable. And this, for the life of me, I do not understand. In fact, I have not even mentioned this yet, but I'll mention it now. One of the very men who ordained me 15 years ago, last year, retired from the movement altogether, said it's done, it's futile, there's no sense. Then, couple that three months later... With David Bowie dying. Now, was David Bowie a saint? Was he a righteous man? No, but I tell you this. When a man dies, you, if you have any scruples, will suddenly start to reevaluate your own life and what you leave behind. And that, dear kinsfolk, is what I've been going through for the last six months. Should I quit? Well, I don't feel led to quit. But I better make sure what I leave behind is not an empire of dirt as it was in the case of David Bowie, Wes Craven, and many others who died last year. Correct? Because we're looking for those things that are non-perishable. Yahshua says, do you also, speaking to his disciples, that's you and I by extension, do you seek the treasure which fails not, which endures? Where no moth comes in to devour and no worm can destroy, meaning it's not going to fall apart like an old garment, as Joshua taught in his other parables. Also notice that right after this, if you happen to possess a copy of the Gospel of the Book of Thomas, 
he goes into his 77th saying, which is, I am the light that is above them all. I am the all. The all came forth from me and the all attained to me. Yahshua is all. And that is confirmed in the King James Version of the Bible. Yahshua, in this instance, would be the pearl. Correct? Because he's not a merchant. But a merchant goes out, finds Christ, or finds the truth, or finds a pearl of great price. And what does he do? He forsakes everything else. Does that not sound similar to his parable of the sheep? Where Yahshua says, I'll forsake these 99 to go after the one? Of course it does. So in light of understanding that pearls are of great value, that rubies are of great value, turn with me back to chapter 7 here in St. Matthew, and you'll see another statement that I think ties in perfectly here. Yahshua says in St. Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 6, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. What can we learn from St. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6? That we shouldn't be surprised when we're snake bit. We can't be surprised when a swine goes back to the mud. We can't be surprised when a dog will turn around and bite the hand that feeds it, right? But he also gives a valuable key here. He says, do not cast your pearls of great price before swine. So, in understanding what's being said here, the kingdom of heaven is like this. A man who found a pearl. And that man was prudent, according to Thomas, correct? So a prudent man will not cast their pearls before swine. What can we learn from that? That not everybody is called to hear this message. Now, I know my listener, for the most part, understands that. But there is a time and a place for everything. And thus, the reason these parables are given. Yahshua knew if he came straight out and rebuked the Pharisees that he would have issue with the temple of Jerusalem much earlier than he needed to. Therefore, he spoke in parable form so they would not understand and you and I would. What does it boil down to here? The parable of the pearl of great price. That we need to go after that which is valuable. And not only that, in the process, prioritize our values. The merchant did that. He sold all of his merchandise to obtain one pearl while he was seeking many pearls. That one pearl was more valuable than everything else that the merchant possessed. Right? So gemstones in Scripture has many meanings, but they always usually reference something of great value. And that is why I began in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10, with the virtuous woman. Because if our price is far above rubies and you have a virtuous woman, you better respect her like she is more valuable than many rubies, not one. Notice, once again, the merchant went for many and was satiated with one. So, turn with me to the Old Testament book of Job. And many of you are well aware that Job is one of the oldest books in canon. In fact, I could even preach sermons with Job before Genesis. But be that as that's a story for another day. In Job, we're going to find another key. And in Job, chapter 28, beginning in verse 12, read with me. But where shall wisdom be found? Question. 
And where is the place of understanding? Another question. Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me, and the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it. What? Wisdom and context and understanding. Gold and crystals cannot equal it. And the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. Pay close attention, verse 18 in Job chapter 28. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. Notice, here in Job, we are being instructed that wisdom and understanding once again are the chiefest and principal things. That wisdom cannot be obtained by gold, by crystal. You can't buy wisdom in that regard. You can buy truth, because lies are free. But you cannot buy wisdom. Wisdom comes from Christ. He gives you the eyes to see or the ears to hear. And no mention shall be made of coral or of pearls for the price of wisdom is far above rubies. What does that mean? Well, just like we said, in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10 through 31, the entire virtuous woman as its reference. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. But we're instructed right here in the book of Job that wisdom's value is higher than rubies. Therefore, understand even this analogy, this parable, of the pearl of great price has dual-fold, if not trifold, meaning. Pearls do ultimately break down, although they last longer than you and I. But the kingdom of heaven, or truth in itself, or we could just say God, in this instance, if we're to obtain Him, it's no different than Christ taught that we must pick up our cross and be willing to die to do it. We have to sacrifice everything else, which is no different than Yahshua taught, who said, we may have to forsake even family members to obtain the kingdom, to know wisdom, to know truth. And so it stands. Where are your priorities? And this year, in 2016, we should reevaluate our priorities. Is the kingdom of heaven in the front lid of our eyes? Is that what each and every one of us require? Are many men and women out there requiring titles and positions and ego? Most of them have ego. And they fight like dogs over vomit for a title that I disdain. That's caused me nothing but grief. In the words of Yahshua, leave them alone. They are the blind leaders of the blind. And they're both going to fall in the ditch. That also is a parable that the Pharisee will never understand. But it is given unto you. And Yahshua said it in Matthew chapter 13. Unto you it is given to know the parables, the mysteries. And that requires wisdom and understanding. And before you can get wisdom and understanding, you must recognize the value of not only a virtuous woman, but wisdom and understanding itself. That should be obtained by anything else. So back to David Bowie. What he left behind was not glorifying of Yahweh God. And Yahweh God will judge him on that. But according to the parable of the pearl of great price, 
What should he have done? Exactly. The same thing that Yahshua instructed the rich young ruler. Go and sell all you have. And only then will you be fit for the kingdom. Why? We must empty ourselves out. And let me interject right here, dear kinsfolk. The freest I've ever felt in my life, ironically, was about 20, 25 years ago when I was homeless on the streets. That may not make much sense when you first hear it. But if you really think about how material gains can hold a person back from doing right. For example, the case of Lazarus and Scripture. You can understand that many times when we empty ourselves out of these material things, we make room for other things. Wisdom, understanding, and true blessings from Yahweh God. Here's one key that I'm going to give you for free of how you know if Yahweh God is behind your relationship. Yahweh God will always restore tenfold. And each and every one of us throughout life have lost. We've lost many things. We've even walked from many things. But I don't know about you, dear kinsfolk. I'm sitting at a position in my life where I have been restored ten times over, just like Job. And that is how I know Yahweh God is behind it. Yahweh God leads His sheep. And I am honored, truly, to be able to preach to each and every one of you. And so, until this Sunday morning, live on the TalkShoe Radio Network at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we're going to take a look at the parable of the wicked husbandmen. I'll invite you to join me for that. But until then, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church, wishing you and your entire family great studies. War for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.